Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I am your host, Al D, and the author of MBA Insider. This podcast is for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help professionals grow their careers. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I'm the host of the MBA Insider Podcast and the founder of MBAschool.com. Today, I'm delighted because I have with me TJ Scott and Kelsey Carter, two MBA students at UNC Keenan Flagler Business School and the class of 2022. And today, I'm excited because I'm going to talk with them about a couple topics that are really important in the discourse in society today, but two topics that I very much care about as well. And those are allyship and intersectionality. And specifically, what we're going to talk about today is TJ and Kelsey are going to share their expertise and their insights on these topics, particularly how it pertains to their experience as MBA students at UNC Keenan Flagler Business School. And I'm excited because I know both of these individuals are super passionate about this topic, but have been living and breathing it in terms of the work that they do and the conversations they're having as MBA students and future leaders. So TJ and Kelsey, thank you so much for joining me today. I guess to kick off, I would love to do a little bit of introductions. Really quickly, let's start with you, Kelsey. Tell me, what did you do before business school? And what are you studying right now? And what's a book that you love? Just a real quick intro. Yeah, thanks a lot, Alan. It's really excited to be here today. So before business school, I worked within an acute psychiatric inpatient unit. I worked within mental health, within the ED, as well as for adolescents and adults. And so I really went and came into business school looking to expand my operations knowledge and went in to continue within the healthcare field. I'm currently working in healthcare and operations, and I am looking to continue that. And I interned this past summer at DeVita Kidney Care. A book that I'm loving right now is called The Vanishing Half. It's a story about a family, two twin daughters who actually come from different skin tones and the colorism within the 1960s to 70s. It's a great story. It's fictional, but overall has great meaning and impact. Thank you for sharing that. And real quick follow-up question, and probably the most important question I could ask you to warm up. One reason why you chose UNC Keenan Flagler, I'm sure there are many, but just give me your top one. Yeah, I loved the idea of the community aspect of Keenan Flagler. I came into business school without a business background. It's in public health, and I'd always thought people go to business school and it's a really dog-eat-dog type of environment. But I had noticed from the students I had talked to of how much people support and rally around one another. And I thought that was so important to me and having that community aspect to have people to share wins and highs and lows with one another. So I think that really drove my decision to come to Keenan Flagler. Thank you for sharing that. And TJ, I want to turn it over to you. So what did you do before business school? What's a book you love? And one reason why you chose UNC Keenan Flagler? Yeah. So prior to business school, I actually worked here at UNC in higher ed administration and spent eight years doing that. Came to business school, much like Kelsey, with that non-traditional background and looking to kind of expand my knowledge overall. Definitely thought that I'd didn't belong in business school because I had never done business before. And so this has been a wild ride. I'm studying operations and tech. So looking to do something in that field. 
very different than what I was doing before. And a book that I am loving right now is They Both Die in the End. I know it sounds really sad, but it's by a Latinx LGBTQ author, and he's fantastic. So Kelsey kind of nailed it on the head with the community piece. I am on my way to being a double Tar Heel. So I graduated from Carolina in 2012. And I love this place. It's given me a lot. And I heard from prior classmates and friends who went through the program about that community. And and it was really the thing that drew me here. I knew what I was getting with a Carolina education, having already received one. And this was a place that I was really excited to come to. Great. Well, thank you both for sharing so much about your backgrounds. TJ, I want to start with you on this topic. And the topic, which I teased out in the beginning, is this concept of allyship, what it means and how it manifests itself. So I guess maybe just to start the conversation, let's just talk about what is allyship? Could you maybe share what you think of as the definition of allyship? Yeah. So ironically, this morning or this afternoon, we hosted our first allyship event with the Pride Club for the semester. And Kelsey was there. And our VP, who's a rock star, shared this definition. And this really stuck with me. And so I want to read this definition out. I think it was pretty inclusive. And so it's when a person of privilege works in solidarity and partnership with a marginalized group of people to help take down the systems that challenge that group's basic rights, equal access and ability to thrive in our society. That really stuck with me. I thought that that was so all encompassing that I had to share that. Thank you for sharing that. I think having a common language and a definition is really, really critical to get everyone on the same page and to be able to work towards a common goal. So Kelsey, maybe to jump in off of that, we'd just love to know, perhaps from your perspective and your own lived experience, when did you did you kind of learn about allyship? And could you maybe share an example of where you've seen this come to life in your own experience? I think I originally learned about allyship even from the time when it was, you know, middle school, high school, you're learning about history, right? Going into like Black history, when it came into the civil rights movement, the women's suffrage movement, I would always see these individuals who were not a part of that marginalized group, but they had a loud voice as well for them and that they would make sure that they are advocating for that group. And so I don't think I had the name of that being an ally just yet, but I think it really stuck with me of what an ally meant. When I learned more just in my own research of like the LGBTQ plus community, not personally being a part of it, but learning how can I support those who are. And I really saw them as those who spoke up when they saw people being anti-homophobic, anti-racist, those who are not complicit within the system and making sure that knowing when they are able to step in or when it's time for them to take a step back and just listen to those groups. And so I think I really see it a lot in my experience as a club leader and how there are those who are so interested in other groups that they might not be a part of. So I am part of the um, Black and Business Student Association and, you know, those students who come up to me saying, hey, you know, well, I'm not part of the community, but I'd love to share my support. I want to come to the events and learn more. And I think that really shows how much those want to learn from others and being supportive. So I think that's mostly where I see it. Thank you for sharing that. I know you're a super involved student leader and and TJ, I know you are as well. And so maybe TJ, if you could chime in here, we'd love to know as a student leader, why do you think allyship is important, particularly within the context of the MBA experience? Definitely. I think Kelsey kind of hit it again. Like we think very similar. We work a lot together, but I think allyship is really important as a student leader. I can say 
pretty much that Kelsey and I are very outspoken and we lead by example, or at least we try to as much as humanly possible. And I think that's really important for us as student leaders to kind of provide that example to our fellow classmates and to show what we're doing outwardly to the class. Also, that allyship piece helps us to create and foster a more inclusive community at Keenan Flagler. That's something that I know Kelsey and I are both really passionate about, as you mentioned before, and we're in the consortium as well. And that's just something that that allyship really helps bring the class together and, and helps everyone feel like they're a part of that community, which is really important. One of the words that kind of comes up time and time again is this notion of community. And that is very much something that you join when you become an MBA student. And so TJ, maybe just to give you this question and maybe let Kelsey chime in as well after, back to when you were a prospective student, you're thinking about, I'm going to go somewhere, I'm going to spend the next two years with a whole group of people. I am just curious, as you were a prospective student, how did you kind of evaluate this concept of allyship, knowing that you were going to be in a community of all these other people? Did it play a role or in what way did it play a role, perhaps? Yeah, I would say it did play a role. I was lucky enough, like I said, to have a friend who was a second year as I was a first year. And she did a lot to help me navigate being a prospective student, who I should talk to and what was going on. And I was able to talk to the Pride Club presidents before me. And they really gave me an, a good insight into what they do as a Pride Club, what we can do better and how we can push forward and, and help make Keenan Flagler better. And hearing that from them really brought that to life for me. I had never really thought of, we didn't have allyship events or ERGs and things like that at the university. I mean, everyone was very supportive, but we didn't have that background where a lot of folks from business have that opportunity. And so for me, I really wanted to kind of lean in on that allyship piece and helping others who might not have heard that hear it more. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. And Kelsey, I know that as you mentioned in the beginning, Allyship is something you first started hearing about perhaps maybe in school, in middle school or high school. But I would also love to know, how did it come to life for you as you thought about where you wanted to spend the two years of your MBA experience? I would say that my experience when it came to looking at Keenan Flagler, I really thought it was important to talk with both admissions as well as other students. And so I would ask questions within my admissions process. What does allyship look like at Keenan Flagler? What are the different types of club activities? What are the different types of diversity groups that are involved? And how do we get them involved in conjunction with our academic classes? And so also in conjunction with what TJ had mentioned, I also talked to a lot of second years who are currently at the school, those who had graduated the years prior, to really understand how they moved throughout the school environment. And to be honest, I talked to a lot of people who looked like me as well, right? I talked to those who looked like me and those who did not from different communities. And I think that gave me a more holistic understanding of what the school environment would look like. And I thought that was just so helpful. Thank you both for detailing, particularly as a prospective student, how this played a role for you. But you are no longer prospective students. You are full-on MBA students at UNC Keenan Feigler. So TJ, I would love to maybe hear from you. You know, we've talked a little bit about some of these theoretical definitions, but when it comes to allyship, where the rubber meets the road is the actions that people take and the behaviors that they drive. And so I would love to know from you, what are ways that people can and should live the values of really being an ally and actually practicing those behaviors on an everyday basis? Thanks. That's really great. And there's a couple of things that come to mind. And the first thing that I always say in this instance is listen. It's really important to listen to 
these marginalized groups, LGBTQIA, whatever group it might be, and just listen to their experience, listen and really learn from that. And I think there's a lot of value there for that. Additionally, I would say realizing your privilege, realizing that if you're coming from a non-marginalized background, that you're able to understand that you have that privilege and understand what to do with it, understand that you can help. And even by being an advocate in that space and standing up for someone, if something's going wrong or you hear something that's important, speak up and listen. See the individual for more than just what is at the surface. The intersectionality piece, right? Everyone is a lot of different things. And I think that's important. The last two things, one is using proper pronouns can go a really long way for individuals in the LGBTQ community. And the Pride Club over the last couple of years really helped with a pronoun initiative at the university to push forward that, right? They're on our name tags, they're on our Zoom backgrounds. It's something so simple for individuals in the community to just know that they're being properly talked to and that's what they prefer. And and I think that's important. And the last thing I would say is just understanding that allyship is a perpetual process. It is not something that you just start and end. Anyone can be an ally and it's something that you're constantly learning and working towards. And I think that that's a a hurdle that a lot of people kind of, they're like, I don't know how to be an ally or I'm an ally and I do all these things. And it's like, okay, well, that's great, but it's also a perpetual learning. It's a process that's ongoing throughout. And some of those are pretty easy, right? Listen is something that I think everyone can do a little bit more of. Absolutely. Kelsey, anything else you want to add to that just from your own experience? Yeah, I think TJ hit it really on the head. When it comes to a lot of the things, I think that it's important to have the willingness to be vulnerable, to understand that you don't have to know everything. Nobody can know everything about certain groups and it's okay to make mistakes and be willing to own up to them, learn from them, and then continue to move forward, right? A lot of the things too when it comes to allyship is that It can be really difficult at times for people from marginalized groups to always be the one educating. And so there are times, of course, where they people can talk about their own experiences. But I would also say that, you know, you have to put in some of the work yourself to be that ally. It's reading up and seeing how people of these different groups have had issues in the past from history, currently being up to date in the news. And so it can be tough to always assume that one individual from a group is kind of like this monolith that you want to learn everything from. And as much as some people will be able to, not everyone has that capacity and that's all right. But, you know, being able to do that work yourself is so important as well as an ally. Oh, I totally agree. And I think both of you really gave some really good insights into tactical ways that people can live those behaviors of of really being an ally each and every day. Maybe last question, and I'll let this one go to TJ. Would love to know What are some examples where you've seen maybe some of your classmates really showing up as allies? How are they living that out in their own ways? Yeah. Like I was saying before, we just hosted our first allyship event and it's really for our classmates to come and learn. And we have a lot of great people that came today and we have a lot of people that are really supportive of us. And I think the biggest thing that our classmates can do and what they can show up at is just showing up. Sometimes it's just such a big first step coming to the events, especially the ones that are focused on allyship so that you're learning more, participating in various other events. It's not just with the Pride Club, but participating with other clubs. I would say that other diversity clubs on campus have allies. We have our Carolina Women in Business and they have male allies. And there's a lot of great ways that people show up. And I think that taking the time to show up is really kind of the thing that I've noticed the most. And 
I mean, our allyship events, a lot of the same people come to those. We get some new people, which is good, but there are some that I can always count on to be there. And there are some that I know that have my back and that's worth it in gold to me is to know that I have some of those allies that I can come to at any point. Kelsey's even one of those, right? Like Kelsey comes to all of our things and is very supportive. And we're also very supportive of her events. And that goes a long way, especially for folks that are working in this space and trying to make everything a better community. Thank you for sharing that. And one of the things that as you're talking, I kind of think about when you talk about these things is just, there's a really, a very powerful feeling in knowing that you're being seen, right? When you feel that you are being seen by others, right? I think that is a very human response of goodness that you are acknowledged for who you are. And so when people show up to your events or when, when people come and support you, it's what they say matters to a certain degree, but just knowing that you feel acknowledged for your presence is super powerful and can feel super empowering, I would say. Totally. Great. So one other thing, and I want to talk to Kelsey about this because I know this is something that's top of mind for you, is we talked a little bit earlier about this concept also of intersectionality and what that means. And I know that this is something that you care deeply about. And you know, as I think about, in addition to your role as a leader and the Black Business Students Association, you are also supporting other groups and identities at UNC such as QUIB, the Carolina Women in Business, as well as Pride and the LGBTQIA community. So can you talk about why this is important, especially thinking through the lens of intersectionality and, and how intersectionality plays a role in that? Yeah, I think that it's so important to really think about why intersectionality is a point that we're talking about today, especially because there's just so many people when you come into business school across different backgrounds, identities, countries that they're coming in from. And honestly, it's important because we want them to feel respected. We want them to feel included. And we want to be able to embrace this wide variety of diversity of thought, skin tone, sexuality, all of that, right? And we want to be able to celebrate it. The idea of intersectionality, right? The definition I kind of go to is the idea that this is the intersection of different social identities, race, class, gender, sexuality, disability. And it makes us all have these different varying views of the world. And then there's also different levels of oppression that also come with that as well, too, based on these facts and different identities. Each of them is unique, and this can also compile on top of one another. So it's really important to understand the different interactions that we have with these identities. And so I guess as somebody who is looking hard to bring together a lot of these different communities, I would find it important because most students also go across these different identities and making sure that we have spaces where we can discuss concerns when things come up, when things in the news happen. This past year and a half has been really difficult for everyone, not just with COVID, but of course, a lot of the social justice issues, right? And making sure that we are respectful of those who are struggling internally, and everyone does it to varying degrees, right? And making sure that we have spaces to support them. So I guess that's kind of the main supporting factor of why intersectionality is just so important. And TJ, how about yourself? Could you maybe talk about what the definition is for you or how does it show up for you? Something that my co-president and I say all the time, and Kelsey's heard this a million times, is like, you can be LGBTQ and anything, Black, purple, green, veteran, Asian, fill in the blank, you can be that. You can be a parent. It's any job. You can be an investment banker. You can be a consultant. There's all these different things that you can be. And it's beyond, everyone is more than one thing. And you seeing that person for all of what they bring to the table. And so for me, it's really about understanding our community better, but also 
understanding what every individual is for, who they are, what they are, and what they represent. We've done a, or at least we've tried really heavily this year with Pride Club to do as many events as possible with as many different clubs across career clubs and diversity clubs to highlight that intersectionality. We have something we're planning with healthcare club around LGBTQ health. So just something like that to help educate and teach our classmates and leverage all of those different relationships to make things better. Thank you for sharing that. I think one of the things that I think about as you're talking, in particular, the ways in which you've tried to think about intersectionality in terms of what you just said, in terms of LGBTQ and healthcare, LGBTQ and et cetera, is just the fact that as individuals, we're multidimensional, right? And particularly as MBA students, there are lots of different things that impact us, right? Whether that's within the classroom, but also just as broader potential future business leaders. And so part of this, I also think, is just the understanding that as individuals and as a society, like we're not necessarily in this in silos. I think we're in this within a broader context of, of other things. And so on that notion, I would love to maybe have you maybe think about, Kelsey, I'll go with you for this, is just what do we gain when we can see this concept of intersectionality, particularly within the context of the MBA experience? Yeah, I mean, we are all going in to be business leaders. And so this is something that's more important than ever. Right now, we are in such a globalized industry for business people, the economy. Even if you don't have people of different backgrounds to yourself in your day-to-day life, you are going to bump into them at some point in the workplace. And so this is just helping us build a better skill set in empathizing and understanding one another and also building those strong cross-cultural relationships. It's something you have to use in the workplace. How do you foster that equity and inclusion when you are a leader and people are looking up to you? How to better help relate to your boss, to your peers, your colleagues? I think that's the importance of embracing it. And I think it just builds those different skill sets that we need those interpersonal relationships and those interpersonal skills. And there's no other better way than to really look at others through a lens of not just how you view the world yourself, but how others might view it as well. I think that's a really great point. TJ, how about for you? Anything you want to add just in terms of what you think the value is or what we gain when we really do embrace this in the MBA experience? Yeah, I mean, I think Kelsey mentioned this earlier, but you kind of get that the diversity goes across race and thought. And that's really important. We are only going to get better as leaders. And in the future, if we learn from each other and you learn more, in my opinion, from people that are way different from you. And I think that intersectionality piece really plays in there and helps you along the way. I think you're right. And I think the other thing that I really take from this is just there are lots of different people that you're going to encounter in your MBA experience. And I think the ability to embrace intersectionality allows you to see the goodness that every single person can bring to the table. And I think without it, you potentially leaving on the, on the table, being able to really get to know and embrace people that are there in your class that you may not have seen otherwise. And so I think all of those things that you mentioned are, are really critical. So one other thing I wanted to talk about, and I think we alluded to this earlier a little bit, is that it's really important to have folks, particularly those who are part of more populated populations, if you will, or in the majority, really playing a role in this. And I would just love to maybe know from you, say perhaps you are part of one of those majority groups, just as an example, perhaps white cis males. 
How do you see people doing this in the right way? Or, or do you have maybe an example that maybe you can give? And TJ, I'll start with you, where you have seen someone do this. And part of the reason why I ask this question is because I know sometimes it can be hard for some of these people to know where to start. And what I'd love to be able to do is to maybe give an example so it can give other people to have the permission to follow suit. Yeah, this is a great question. And it's obviously really important. One of the biggest things, and we've mentioned this, I think, over and over again now, is the willingness to come, attend, and listen. Like that, that really is so simple, and anyone can do that. And it's a, a really easy way to get started to kind of embrace this topic, embrace allyship or intersectionality as a whole. I think also understanding that in that kind of allyship and intersectionality pieces, like you do have in one of those dominant groups, you do have that privilege and that position of power, where if you become one of those that are have a position of power, that you really understand that intersectionality and really understand those who are working for you. Just understanding those diverse perspectives are going to make you a better leader. It's going to make a better inclusive workplace. You're going to have people that want to work for you, want to stay longer where you are. All of these things that we talk about in business all the time in business school, you know, how do you keep people and fostering all these workplace inclusion and all this stuff. That's how you do it. And this diversity aspect really benefits everyone. And I think knowing yourself as a leader and knowing what you should know more about and what you can learn more about and educate yourself on is going to be one of those things. You know, we have classmates who do this and they come to our events and they learn and they listen And not only that, but they ask questions, right? They ask questions of me. They ask questions of my classmates. And I think that goes a long way. You can tell that they genuinely care about the topic and want to to learn more. And so I think that really just goes a long way. Absolutely. Kelsey, I want to turn it over to you for a second. I would love to know maybe how you've kind of embraced this concept of intersectionality in, in business school. How has this really come to life for you? The main thing that it comes to life is when we have a lot of like these different speakers who come into the school, I think it's really seen by just the wide breadth of people and their experiences, where they come from and how they've been successful in their careers. And then they will often talk about being able to learn and communicate with other people outside of those who look like themselves or, you know, have similar backgrounds as themselves. And so I think it really is important because we want to make sure that students are learning from these experiences, but also, you know, being able to feel comfortable to ask questions and make mistakes because everyone will do that. As TJ said, it's a lot about how do we make sure that we're educating ourselves at times that we can. When somebody says that, hey, there's this really great speaker that's happening on Zoom talking about intersectionality, being able to go to it and being able to say, hey, you know, I went and I invited my friends to come as well. I think that's great. Building that community of allies to an extent of making sure that I'm trying to be better and reminding others that they should try to look to improve themselves as well. I think that has gone a long way. And I've seen our classmates do that as well. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. TJ, how about for you? How do you see intersectionality kind of coming to life for you? I think Kelsey hit a lot of really good points there. And we had an event last year. I remember we call it a fishbowl. So like we pulled out some questions and it's a very, very open, raw, honest conversation. It's very personal. And we did one with Quib and Carolina Women in Business. I know that the Black Business Student Association did one with, with them as well. And it was amazing. I went to theirs. We had students in the LGBTQ community 
who were willing to come and share their personal experiences. And these questions weren't easy questions. They weren't, when did you come out? Or what was it like being out in the workplace? I mean, like if it was out being out in the workplace, some people didn't have a good experience being out in the workplace, right? And I learned so much about even the people that I thought I knew a lot about already in that one hour session. Like we've been talking about, it's like we're all more than just one thing. And we've had all of these lived experiences prior to coming to business school and really using that to help shed some light. I know that not everyone is comfortable sharing those kinds of things. I have a big mouth, so I don't mind talking. I love to talk. You can ask Kelsey. I'm happy to share my experiences and hope that it helps others understand, helps others feel that they have a safe space at the Pride Club or just to come and talk to me in general. And that's important to me. And so I make time for that. I had friends come up to me afterwards and say, thank you for what you said. I can't believe this happened, or I would love to hear more about this, or can you tell me more about this? And that means a lot. I was vulnerable in that moment, and it was worth it because it helped start a conversation. And sometimes those conversations are what lead to more in allyship and an intersectionality piece is just being willing to be vulnerable and share yourself with others. And I think one of the things that strikes me about what both of you said is that when we can lean into our curiosity, and as you said, listen first and ask thoughtful questions, what we gain from that is an additional perspective that is not only supportive to the individual who is sharing, but to the individual who's listening, you're potentially far richer from learning from that. And furthermore, I think, again, within the context of business school and an MBA experience, when you can get to a point where you do have that sense of trust amongst your classmates, where you can speak openly, where people do listen, I think there's more opportunities that can come from that than if you weren't to have that. And so if there is any other reason to why do we really embrace and and to see all the multi-dimensions of people for who they are, it really is to get to a chance place where you can learn more about other people and then to find ways to incorporate that into the work that you do, how you work on group projects together, how you look for others to work with on different other opportunities. And even in in the case of both of you, I, I would also presume in terms of how you all work together as as student leaders in terms of the work that you do and and how you support one another for that matter. And so that was my takeaway as I just listened to all the things that you just said. So before we wrap here, one of the things I did want to ask you about, both of you have talked great lengths and very great depth about allyship as well as intersectionality. But I also want to just revisit again, being able to come to a place like Keenan Feigler as well as just having been through the application process. And so I guess maybe just to close here, I would love to maybe get one piece of advice from each of you for prospective MBA applicants about what they should know about UNC Keenan Feigler. I would say for UNC, we are such a community-based school. We really care and support one another, but we also make sure that those who come feel like they are also a good fit. It's also important for you to feel like you're coming then you know that you can be your best self, your most authentic self, and that you'll be able to thrive in this environment. So make sure you take the time, connect with current and previous students, have those candid conversations, really ask, how was your experience? What was the things that you did in your MBA experience to thrive? Every school is going to have their challenges, Growth is needed everywhere, but we want to make sure that you have the right place that fits your personal and professional needs. And I think that's something that really I made sure to do and making sure that I had those conversations. It takes time, but it it goes a long way to make sure that you know exactly what you're going into. And so I think that's the most important thing. 
TJ, how about for you? What's one piece of advice you'd want to give to prospective students about UNC Keenan Flagler? Well, you know, Kelsey stole my answer. No, just kidding. <laughs> I mean, Keenan Flagler is a great place. Carolina is a great place. And the community really is the biggest aspect. I would kind of build on what Kelsey said too. Not only is finding your fit and finding your community important, you know, if you're LGBTQ, talk to those pride clubs. If you're Black, talk to the Black business students groups. Talk to those individuals in those groups because you learn a lot from them. But also the faculty are exceptional. We've got fantastic faculty and I think they help make our community even better. They genuinely care about our success going above and beyond to help us to succeed. And that goes even beyond the classroom beyond our time at Keenan Flagler, I've even seen with fellow Tar Heels that have gone on, like these professors are actually invested and care about us. And I think that goes a long way and is something that prospective students should also look for. Great. That's all the questions that I had. So thank you both. I really appreciate it. Hi, everyone. LD here. And thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.